Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We're all about the archers. I'm Philippa. And I'm Quentin. We are here to talk. I'm so excited about this. We are here to talk to Trevor Harrison, who plays Eddie Grundy. Trevor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for having me, as they say. (laughs) It's our absolute pleasure, Trevor. Trevor, you must feel very at home in Ambridge, uh, having been born and raised in Starbridge in the West Midlands. Yes, I was born in Starbridge and I I was still living at home with my parents when uh, I auditioned for the part of Eddie Grundy back in uh, 1979. Since then, I moved around, but I I moved back to Worcestershire where I enjoy living because Starbridge was in Worcestershire when I was born, but they moved it to the West Midlands later on. But um, I'm back in Worcestershire now. Did you know when you started how long-term the character of Eddie Grundy was going to be? Did they say to you, he's here to stay? Or were you just playing it week by week? No, what happened was, when I went for the audition, I was very, very nervous. I knew the character was called Eddie Grundy, and for some reason, I thought, what a brilliant name. I I can imagine people having T-shirts with Eddie Grundy written on them. (laughs) But when when I went to the studio, I was nervous. I don't think I was very good. And uh, they said, oh, while you're here, is there anything else you'd like to do for us? Well, there was a, a, a play called The Corn is Green. And the character had just gone to Oxford and come back. And I read that. And, of course, I was so confident because I knew it backwards. It was one of my favourite little play speeches. And because I did that, I went out, thanks very much. And they called me back in and said, have another go. So I had another go. I was reading with it for Alan Deere, Alan Devereux, who played Sid Perks. And when we finished that second audition, Vanessa Whitburn, who was the director, said, if you get the part, would you be free for six months? And I thought, six months work? This is brilliant. <laughs> and as I say, that was a few years ago now. So I didn't know how long it was going to be, but I thought six months was sounding good. Well, you've got 44 years out of it so far, Trevor. I know, yes. <laughs> but you, you said you love the name of the character, Eddie Grundy. 
but actually, he spawned his own fan club in the 80s, didn't he? He was a fan club with the likes of John Peel as one of the founders. And he played one of your records on Radio 1. Yeah, and it was really incredible. Yeah, the Eddie Grundy fan club started when Eddie was, was, was sort of making his, his, his records in those days. And I remember going to Radio 1. I was invited by dear John Walters, who was John's producer, and because they were both founder members. We went down and John Walters said, oh, John Peel would like to meet you. And he came into the studio and said, he said, may I have your autograph? He said, I've only, I've only asked for one other in my life. <laughs> and he said who he was. I didn't recognise him either. A lo- lovely guy. And yeah, I was honoured that he even put it in the, uh, the who's who or whatever the big book is that people get into. He actually proudly put, as Robin Ravenscroft, uh, found a member of the Eddie Grundy fan club. So what an honour that was to have people like that. Were they, were they both listeners to the Archers then? Yes, very much so. Yeah, they were both listeners. And what uh, John Walters said uh, was, he said, the first hundred members of the Eddie Grundy fan club was going to invite to his house. I think it was the first hundred or the first 50, something like that. And that happened. Yeah, he invited all these people who, who joined up to, to have a party in his house. What a brave thing to do. But, uh, oh, it was great. And one of the great things was, I say, Eddie, at the time, he used to wear this hat with horns and John came up with this brilliant idea to have a society that we would meet because Eddie said a line once, which John Walters thought was hilarious. I'm chuffed as a bowl of badger fat, was an Eddie Grundy line. So he said, what we must do, because he's got horns, when you greet somebody who's in the fan club, you go, badger, like that, representing the horns. And their reply was, bad. <laughs> and that was John Walters' idea. But it was fun. And we used to have once a year an Eddie up at the Bull in Inkborough and people would come along and lots of, I met some wonderful people. One of, one of the members that came along was a lovely guy called Wild Willie Beckett, who was, I think, the, the shadow minister for the monster raving loony party at the time or something <laughs> like that. He was one of their shadow ministers. But it was just fun. It was just great. We just had a laugh and what have you. And there were a lovely bunch of people. He was just crazy, I suppose, really, in the early 80s like that. Oh, that's amazing. 44 years. So much has changed in the storyline. Oh, yes. But also, I can imagine in the Archer's production as well, how it's rehearsed, produced, recorded. How has the process changed for you? For me, well, before me, it was all done on discards in the early, early days, which, of course, would have been a nightmare for an actor because they would start at the very, very beginning, and that would be it. If you were in the last scene, you imagine if you were in the last scene and you fluffed, they would have to go not back to that scene, but go back to to the beginning of the programme again. So that would, fortunately, that wasn't in my day. But when I joined, we were in mono, and I remember the excitement of when they decided they were going to go to stereo. So... So I think, yes, I was a mono radio <laughs> actor when I first joined. But eventually the archers were done in, in stereo and, and what have you. But, yeah, a lot of things had changed. And, of course, it always used to be tape. It was recorded on, on tape as, a, as everything was, if tape recorders and things like that. And so even today in the studio, we've still got old tape, which is down on the floor, which sounds a bit like hay when you're walking on hay or grass. And I always say, oh, some of my fluffs I'm walking on. <laughs> but now it's all digital. It's incredible how things have moved. And in one way, I think I'm, I'm quite lucky to, to have been able to witness the, the progression of, of how the archers has done technically. I'm not a technical person at all, but I admire the people who are on the programme. And of course, it came to the fore during lockdown with, uh, with many of the actors having to 
perform remotely, of course. Let's 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 talk about Eddie and your views on Eddie, Trevor. If you, Trevor, lived in Ambridge, would you seek out Eddie Grundy for a pint in the bull? Well, I couldn't escape him because I do enjoy a pint myself. So I <laughs> I would obviously be in the pub when Eddie's there. And I suppose because I'm not a very good DIY person, I'm think I'm one of those people I'd ask Eddie to sort of help me out, to sort of mend the odd fence. Or Eddie, can you come around and do a bit of work? For me? So I would probably employ Eddie. Yeah, I don't know. Would you seek him out for company, social company? Basically, do you, would you like him enough to have a pint with him? Oh, I I definitely have a pint with him. Yes, I think that I don't. I I, I wouldn't like to go into business with him. <laughs> I, I wouldn't yeah. get that far. But I, I wouldn't mind buying him the odd pipes and having a laugh. <laughs> I mean, in all those years, Trevor, what moments really stand out to you? What are the, the, the big memories that you have? Well, yeah, I, as I say, over 44 years, I've been very lucky being in the programme for that long. And there's been a lot of stories. What I like about it, really, is as, as I'm always talking about the sort of crazy days of the fan club and all that, when Eddie, I, I was 22 when I joined the, the programme, so I was almost a youth, I suppose. But things changed. He was a bit of a character then. Of course he was. We all, we all were. But Eddie was, Eddie's older than me, but he's changed. A lot of things have happened in his life. He's not a two-dimensional character. He's had tragedies as well as comedies. And I suppose one of the biggest moments would have to be when we were evicted from Grange Farm. Because we had lived in Grange Farm, or the Grundys had lived in Grange Farm for years and years and years, and all of a sudden they were evicted. And I remember very much doing that actual episode. There were tears in my eyes when we were locking up Grange Farm. And the director at the time uh, who directed that particular episode was Sean O'Connor. And I remember, I think he even came in with a bottle of wine afterwards, because it was a very emotional thing. And what happened... From that, of course, they left Ambridge. They went into Borchester, living in Meadow Rise and lots of stories there. A poor old Joe Grundy went AWOL and disappeared. And it was quite, it was really traumatic for them. And of course, I remember once going somewhere and a guy came up to me and said, by the way, I know exactly what you're going through. I almost lost my farm and that. And it suddenly dawned on me. I thought, yeah, it's uh, these kind of things happen in, in real life. So, that was a that was one of the occasions in the program that I suppose looking back on it now was a really important and, and, and big event. And of course it changed the Grundies because as I say, Eddie, I always say, Oh, Eddie's a lovable rogue kind of thing. And to a certain extent he has been in these years and still is. But to be able to go through and play drama as well has, has been a great privilege for me as a personally as an actor. And as I say, there have been many stories, but I've enjoyed the comic elements and i've enjoyed his scams as well in your own words only like the other night you said that eddie's always involved in half-baked get rich quick schemes but do you actually after a while wish you said that you don't think eddie is a two-dimensional character but they they do tend to lean heavily on his scams don't they would you like to actually have even more scope for the for the character have more of those emotionally charged scenes you just mentioned I like both. I've been so fortunate playing Eddie because I remember now looking back on things as you're you're reminding me of so much. I had big scenes with Ed, Eddie and Ed when he went wrong and what have you. And of course, the very sensitive moments with with William 
when he had the shotgun, of course, and that was another very sensitive moment. And personally, to me, was losing Edward Kelsey, who played Joe. Ted was a great friend of mine, and obviously I was very upset when Ted passed away. But I also had to do it as Eddie, who discovered Joe. And that, and that was a very personal moment. And, I, and yet I saw Ted there. And, and, and so that was, I'm glad I did it. And what I think about, which I think, the, the writers and Jeremy, they sent Joe Grundy off in a wonderful way. He even had a storyline after he'd passed away. And I think that was very clever and great. And even, I think there was one episode which finished and you heard him talk about cider and Joe's voice came in, in, in the sig tune at some point. And I thought that was lovely. It really was a great tribute to a, to a lovely man. But yeah, going back to the other things, I've had some great scams with um, with Joe. Eddie and Joe had some great scams together. And Ted and I used to work together in a lot of the agricultural shows where we would be Joe, Joe and Eddie on stage. And it was great. It was a great relationship. So yeah, I, I think I'm very lucky to be able to be given the opportunity to play the tragedy, but also to do the comedy and, and the scams. I love those as well equally. Because you, you effectively, when Joe died, were given almost the entire episode to yourself, weren't you? That must have been a very poignant episode to do, to have essentially all, it was all all Eddie's, really. Yeah, I remember, yes. It's, it's so lovely that Joe died peacefully. Of course, he left the cider shed and, and went off, and, of course, then Ed, Eddie dis, discovered him. And, yes, it was quite a long speech I had as Eddie talking to Joe, and I remember it was the lovely spot effects person we've got, Nessie. She, I remember her coming up because I was looking at basically this sort of sofa kind of bed and said, do you want me here or not? And they were so sensitive about it. And I think I didn't do many takes. I, I think I, I wanted to get it right first time. I think I did possibly go back and do other little bits again, but it was, I felt emotional. And the, the, the writer had written it beautifully. And yeah, it was a moment for me to pay tribute to Ted as Eddie. And, and that, was, that was a great thing because he was, he, was, he, was, he was a lovely man. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of your viewers and listeners probably miss, miss Joe. He was, he was such a, a, lovely, a lovely character. Yes, it was that relationship between Joe and Eddie and again some of the schemings and but the the kindness and care that they had for each other and I'm interested in that because you've got this whole family Eddie Grundy has but are they do they feel like your family as well because you've got Will and Ed and the grandkids and <coughs> how much are those actors family to you? They they are very much. It, it, yeah, it's I know it's one of those people things, oh, the artist is one big happy family. And it is. I can't really pretend it isn't because we don't work with each other every single day. We go in to record our episodes, whatever, and we catch up with people. Oh, how's so-and-so, how's so-and-so? Has your son passed these A-levels and all that kind of thing? So that's a nice sort of atmosphere. But family-wise, yes, when my real father passed away to a certain extent ted became a little bit of my father that was much so uh, heather bell who plays clary was the original clary all those years ago she came came back to play clary ed barry lovely barry i went to his wedding when he got uh, married and we, we do call each other that like, sometimes philip who plays will will come in and i, I do say right son so there is there is that kind of thing. And if we send each other messages, happy birthday to my radio husband or something like that. So there is a little bit of, of, of family there, which is nice because I can remember when William was born <laughs> all those years ago. And he's grown up. The characters have grown up. And now, of course, Eddie's a grandfather. 
with George and people. But it's it's just yeah. great, and it's it's nice to see new people come into the program. As Talking well. of poor Clary, the long suffering. I was actually quite concerned for Clary a few days ago, Trevor, because as she exclaimed that she was sick of her life and the way the Grundys always had to scrape by. In all the years in the show and on all the scenes you've acted with Clary, and can you remember a more desperate Clary? I can't remember a more desperate one. I suppose going back originally, as I said, when we were evicted, I suppose that was a, a big thing. And there has been lots of things happening. It's, yes, the thing is, what's happening at the moment Eddie Cullors realised, hold on a second, we're not getting any younger. We're renting Grange Farm and, and what have you. So, yeah, I, I can appreciate the Clary situation of what she's in. And, yeah, she's, as you say, she is sound, sound desperate. And I suppose her men, her Grundy men, haven't really helped, I suppose, in that. In that. But there again, they're panicking as well. Eddie's worried about what the future's going to be. But there again, I suppose, he always has, really. But he has, he's been lucky. He has had some very, very narrow escapes. I even remember him going to court about dodgy meat <laughs> some years ago. He's never done anything horribly wrong, but he's always, occasionally he's been borderline. <laughs> <laughs> he's never poisoned the am. No, exa- exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's him, <laughs> Keep listening for more. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But you mentioned Clary. Going back, Clary wasn't the first romance for Eddie, was she, Trevor? No, not indeed. When I joined the uh, programme, Eddie was engaged to a character called Dolly Treadgold. And they were going to have, they were going to get married and they were going to have the wedding reception in the turkey shed. As, of course, <laughs> Eddie would save a, save a few pennies. But, yeah, eventually, <laughs> eventually, though, they, they, they didn't get married. And uh, I, I remember this day asking Clary out. Eddie was up on the roof at Jethro's house, which, of course, uh, Jethro Larkin was Clary Larkin's uh, father. And Eddie asked her out, shouting down the chimney. <laughs> he was up on the roof and he shouted down the chimney, oh, what are you doing tonight? Or whatever the line was. I always remember it because in the studio, I was actually, I used a bucket and I could, I, I, was, I was shouting into a bucket, which of course gave the echo effect of the chimney. And that was a few years ago now, <laughs> 40 something. But I still remember it to that day asking Clary out because when I went for the audition, I was actually told what was going to happen. She said, the, the idea is, because I think the editor was William Smithhurst and Vanessa was the director. And she said, 
we want to have fun with Jethro's daughter, Clary, and Joe's son, Eddie. That, that the idea was that they were going to get together, that there was going to be some kind of relationship. So when I went into the programme, I did know that when Clary was cast shortly after me, that something was going to develop between us. So I was, I was, I was aware of that. And one of the lovely things I like when Eddie and Clary eventually because uh, he, he, there was a bit of a, before he got married, he went off with uh, Jolene Rogers, the lily of Leighton Cross, because Eddie was into country and western, and she was a country and western singer. They did a kind of mini tour together, or don't you? And eventually Eddie came back and, and did marry Clary. And one of the things I used to love in those days was every time Eddie opened the door in Grange Farm, Clary's words were always, boots, because <laughs> Eddie would always walk into the kitchen in muddy boots. <laughs> we need to talk about George as well, Trevor, because unlike Neil, his other grandfather, you seem to have a bit of a soft spot for George, and you seem to get on with him much better. We had Emerald on last week, who plays Emma, and she, Emerald, not Emma, but she's talking on behalf of herself, she thinks that George is a psychopathic misogynist. Now, <laughs> do you, Trevor, agree with her? Do I agree? Well, there's something inside, there's, there's something ticking, isn't there? there, there, there there's something which I think he has to be nurtured. And Eddie treats him as a as a buddy, sitting there in the ball together and having a chat. And yeah, Eddie is very fond of George because Eddie wasn't a, a saint <laughs> in his early days. But I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how the relationship develops. When George first came into the programme, I was really pleased because there was an element early on of the sort of Joe and Eddie relationship. And because obviously Eddie had lost Joe, when George came along, I think that became to be a bit more because he wasn't as sensible as the other two sons at that stage kind of thing. And the character George, I think, is an, in, is an interesting one. But the other day, in one of the episodes, when, again, going back to Quinton's point, when Clary was getting all desperate and saying, look, I'm fed up with this. Eddie went out to, to see William and George to say, look, you've got to stop this. Clary means a lot to me, what have you. And to be fair to George, he, he did turn around and say, well, shall I go and apologise? And Eddie said, oh, no, 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 no it's all right. But uh, yeah, George is a, he's a fascinating character. But uh, the thing is, the actor who plays George is such a lovely guy. <laughs> but there again, I suppose that actor, it's like people mentioned that, that Rob Titchener, another the actor, lovely, lovely man. So. But it sounds like you wouldn't go as far as Emerald in, in what you think about George as Trevor. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't looked to see what, I don't know what his future would be. But he seems to me, I don't know, he seems to be settling down a bit. He seems, because he's getting different jobs now, isn't he? And going into different directions. I don't know. I do say that he's a Grundy. Grundys never see exactly that. They're not saints, that the Grundy men have never been saints. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's an interesting comment, what Emerald said, but I don't know. I, I'm just going to wait, wait, wait and wait and see. Yeah, that's true. I just wonder, your voice, there's elements of Eddie, but it's not full Eddie. Can you just give us a line where you're in your full Eddie Grundy voice? Um, well, many years ago, when Ed, in those days, Eddie used to wear this hat with horns and he, he, he sang a record once called Poor Pig. And one of the lines was, they say that I'm no good, they say I'm really mean. They say my head's a pair of horns with nothing in between. But that was many, many years ago and he's grown up since then. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> 
Well, Trevor, we come to the very final question, which is one from Emerald, Emma Grundy. We interviewed last week. Each week we ask the person we're interviewing a question to ask the person next week. And Emerald Emma wanted us to ask you this. What do you think Eddie's ultimate ambition is now? Has it changed over the years? Oh, that's a good one. I think, yes, I think his ambition has changed over the years. I suppose his ambition, as Quentin pointed out earlier on, was to get rich quick. I think now his ambition would be to have a nice, comfortable dotage with all the sort of things that's got. I think he's happy to be comfortable now and not worry too much, I think, rather than get quick, get rich quick. I don't, I, I don't know. Good question, Emerald Emma. But see, I think, yeah, I think the answer is Eddie has changed his ambitions in, in my personal views. Well, Trevor, it's just been wonderful to talk to you and hear more about Eddie. We're so very grateful for your time. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Yes, thank you very much indeed, both. If you'd like to hear more, you can just hop onto YouTube where there'll be a longer episode there. And it also includes questions asked by our lovely Facebook group. I should just say we'll be back as normal for a midweek roundup of what's happened in the Archers so far. So it's a bye-bye from me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.